Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. We're happy to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. We're happy that God woke us up this morning. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of God as always. Today we have a we have a special service because we have another another baptism party uh, today. Amen. We got about I think it's about nine individuals who are making that uh, decision to be baptized in water as a public declaration of of their salvation. And man, I'm I'm so excited. I'm I'm, I'm so excited for what God has has done. Uh, this year alone, I mean, we have seen, we've, we've done baptisms, we've seen salvation, we have seen people uh, disciple through our new believers class, and, and these, are, these are things worth celebrating. These are numbers worth celebrating uh, as heaven rejoices. There's no doubt that heaven rejoices. Every time someone is, is baptized, some, anytime someone receives Jesus, heaven rejoices, the church rejoices with them. Amen. Uh, so it's a big day at, at Numa Church. Um, but, you know, even though we do have kind of a, a jam-packed schedule, the main reason of assembling at church is worship and to receive a word from God. And so if you would allow me just to preach a little bit this morning, um, I want to do that. Last week we started a, a new series uh, called Unnoticed. And uh, we're, so what we're doing is we're talking about sins that, that we all struggle with, but a lot of times we don't always notice them. Because we don't always talk about them. They're so subtle. They're so profound. They're not super theological. And, and so because of that, they don't get a lot of face time behind the pulpit. And that's why we often don't notice them until they spiral out of control. Last week, I talked about pride. The message was pray to pride. And uh, I think I hit a nerve with that one. Because apparently people needed to hear the message. So I praise God. And... You know, that he spoke, and I believe that he's going to speak today as, as well. Amen. Anybody ready to receive the word this morning? Anybody ready to eat this morning? Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to be reading verses uh, 21 through 35. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And if you have it, you can say amen. And if you don't have it, I got you up here. Let's read. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. 
Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have done the same for your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how, listen to verse 35. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray, Father God, that as you've spoken this word already, that it may speak, my God, and pierce the heart this morning, Father God, to everyone that needs to hear it, Father God. I pray that as we receive it, we may learn to apply it, Father God, outside, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Did you receive that this morning? This is a, it's a, it's a, another very simple uh, message, but, but, a, but a convicting one. Um, this time it's on forgiveness, as you might have caught talking about forgiveness. I wanted to, to title the message uh, in a way that reflects um, the attitude that we often have when we refuse to forgive a person. So you ready? You guys know I like my titles. It's called Dead to Me. Dead to Me. Because how many of you know that when, you, when, when we refuse to forgive... Our heart essentially says, you are unworthy of restoration and reconciliation with me. You're dead to me. That's essentially what we're saying. When you are unwilling to forgive, you take on the attitude that assumes that your morality is greater than the person that you refuse to forgive. And maybe maybe it is by, by human standards, right? Maybe the person that you stole, the, the, the person that stole from you or the person that, that hurt you, that cheated you, that cheated on you, maybe you would never do anything like that to them. You would never do anything like that to another person. And so because of that, you convince yourself that you are superior uh, in morality to they are. But we've said this repeatedly. God calls us not to look on human standards. He calls us to look beyond that. To his standards. God has a certain standard for us as Christians to live by. And, and he has a standard of morality that, can I tell you, church, not a single one of us has ever met. Not a single human being that has ever walked the face of the earth besides Jesus Christ has ever met the, the morality of God. Even the most righteous, the most kindest, the most beautiful, the most compassionate, giving person still has moral failures. And is still in dire need of God's forgiveness. The Bible says in Romans that we all fall short of the glory of God. What does it say? It says we. Doesn't say you. Doesn't say they. Doesn't say them. It says we all fall short of the glory of God. First John says if we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It doesn't say if you say you're without sin, if she said without sin, girl, she crazy. There's plenty of sin in her. No, it says if we say we are without sin, the truth is not in us. We have all done things to God that he would never do to us, that he would never do to anyone else. But because of his love, because of his mercy, because of his goodness and his kindness, he chooses to forgive us. And because of that, because of the forgiveness of God, we are alive in Christ, not dead to God. Amen? Amen. 
Praise God for his forgiveness, man. Praise God for his forgiveness. Um, this week, Melissa and I, we have this uh, scrapbook that she made for us when, when we were like 16 years old. Uh, she gave it to me like on my our, our second year anniversary or something like that. Still mint condition. Um, I hope to have it, you know, when we hit 50 years of marriage. Um, but it re- resurfaced this, this, uh, this week. Uh, we have some boxes in the garage. We moved like a year ago, and we still haven't really f- finished moving. Uh, so we, we were going through some things, and we found the scrapbook, and we were going through it. We like to look at the scrapbook every now and then, not to reminisce on our, on our high school love, but to, to make fun of each other because of the way that we looked. <laughs> and, and, and Layla was going through it, man. She was cracking up. How many, how many of you ever, like, uh, seen a, a really, really old photo of yourself and just thought, ugh, <laughs> what was... What was I wearing? What was I doing? What was, what was going on with my hair? What was going on with my eyebrows, right? That's, that's the one that the, the, the women say a lot. What was going on with my, my eyebrows? I, man, I, you know, I never, let me just side note, side note. I never, I never get the eyebrow thing. Brother Junior, like, what's the obsession with eyebrows, you know? It's like, it's always changing, too. Like, 15 years ago, y'all girls, y'all wanted them razor blade thin, and now y'all want them full and like make up y'all's mind, man. Y'all playing with us, man. We don't know what to, we don't know what to find beautiful, right? <laughs> Anyways, it's not part of my sermon, but we all look, we all look at old photos every now and then. And, and we think like, what was I doing what, with my appearance, right? And so anytime we're, we're looking at this scrapbook, Melissa and I, we always have the exact same question for each other. The question is, how did you like me? How did you think I was? I was good looking. How were you attracted to me? Look at, look at how I look. I was, I was going to show some pictures today, but nah, uh, don't want to do that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like how, how did you like me? And, and the answer to that question, you know, it sounds so cheesy and very corny, but, but it's the truth. True love looks past what we perceive in ourselves as ugly, right? Now, now, how many times have you looked back at your life and the person that you were at a, at a given time and the things that you did and the evil that you lived in and told God, God, how did you love me? How, how did you see past my ugly and forgive me? The forgiveness of God is such a powerful and beautiful thing. And today we're baptizing these, these individuals and it represents a new creation you're, you're leaving your old self uh, in the grave. You're drowning your, uh, your sins. Now, God is not going to remind you of the sins that you committed in your past. How many of you know that? He's going to do that. He's a good God. He's not going to hold you accountable to the things that you did before you came to him. Your sins, they died with Christ on the cross, man. It's beautiful. All we have to do is accept the forgiveness of God and Jesus as our Savior. And boy, can I just say, we know how to accept the forgiveness of God. We know how to be so grateful and so appreciative of the mercy and the forgiveness of God. We can take it, but how many of us can give forgiveness just as easily? We're going to get personal now. Because I believe that there's people in the room, in this room, maybe, who have not fully forgiven someone from hurting them. And, and you, might be, you might be thinking something right now. You might be thinking of an event, of an occasion in your life, and you're thinking 
Pastor, if you just knew the details, if you just, if you just knew what he did to me, if you just knew what she said about me and my family, if you just knew how badly they hurt me, you would understand that it's not that easy. Can I tell you something? Forgiveness is not supposed to be easy. It is not supposed to, it is supposed to be difficult because, because forgiveness is not natural to the flesh. Anger is natural to the flesh. Vengeance, retaliation, rage, bitterness, those things are natural to the flesh. Forgiveness takes a conscious decision and sometimes the most strenuous of willpower to get to. When you are hurt by someone, your emotions are doing everything in their power to get you to not forgive. See or no? This is why when someone offends you, your immediate reaction is to think of a comeback. Sometimes the Holy Spirit holds your tongue, but you're thinking, oh, I have the perfect thing to say right now. Oh, you just want to say it so badly, right? Because they got you, you want to get them back. When someone cuts you off, mm, I, I, I've, I've driven behind those people with the Jesus fish, okay? I know, I know that Christians suffer with this one, right? They cut you off, throwing up your hands like this. Like, this, this is like the universal sign. Like, what are you doing, dummy, right? Well, what is this? That's like the universal sign. It's such a condescending gesture. How many of us, the first reaction is forgiveness? Probably zero. For, for, for many of us, if we are going to forgive, we, we first need to cool down. We need, we, need a, we need to let it settle. And then, then I can forgive. Sometimes, though, those emotions linger a little too long and they don't allow you to forgive. And so, you know, I don't think it's so strange that we talked about pride last week. Um, the, the inability to forgive, it also comes from that same root of pride. If you have pride, it's going to be very hard for you to forgive someone because forgiveness requires humility. And the reason that it requires humility is because when someone wrongs us, it causes these, these negative human emotions to be put up, kind of like walls. We put up these walls. So someone hurts you and, and you put this, this wall of anger, this wall of, of sadness, right? And if you allow those walls to stay up for too long, then you have another wall of bitterness and, and resentment and, and hatred. And until you allow those walls to be completely tore down, forgiveness from the heart has not yet been realized. And some of us still have some walls up. And so this is why, you know, sometimes have you ever been reminded of something that someone did to you? And it was like years in the past. But when you think about it, it still, man, it still makes your blood boil. It brings all these, these, th this rush of, of anger back to you. If that happens, it's because you have not yet surrendered that wall of anger. And so you still have that wall up, which means that you haven't completely let it go. You haven't completely forgiven that person. And so it takes humility to tear down your own uh, negative emotions that were caused by someone else. You don't want to take those walls down. You want them to make it right. 
I want you to fix it. I want you to clean up the mess that you created in my life. This wall of anger is only here because you caused it. This sadness in my life, this bitterness in my life, it's only here because you caused it. I want you to make it right. I want you to take down the walls. That's pride. Because it takes a humble person to say, you know what? Even though you did this, I'm going to remove the walls myself. I'm going to take it down myself. Do you think that God is ever reminded of a sin that we committed years ago? And thinks, oh yeah, I remember that one. Ugh. It could be so destructive. It could be so, I mean, so hurtful to God. It could even be after you came to God and you had a moment of weakness where you just, man, you just sinned. But then you repented. Is God going to poke that hole in, uh, again? Is he going to remember that? I don't think so. Because when God forgives, he lets go of the anger towards us. He lets go of the sadness. He lets go of that, of the grieving that we cause the Holy Spirit. And I thank God for his forgiveness, man, because without it, I would be standing every single day in my own shame in his presence. But as the word of God says, there is now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus because of the forgiveness of God. So what am I saying this morning? I'm saying if you still haven't let go of your anger, if you still haven't let go of your sadness or your resentment or your disdain for another person, it could be because you haven't forgiven them. Even though you thought you did forgive them. This is, this is where the unnoticed part comes in. Church, can I tell you something? Just because you make up with someone doesn't mean you actually forgave them. Just because you had a face-to-face, one-on-one adult conversation with somebody to work things out doesn't mean you didn't leave the room with still something in your spirit. But the thing is, we do these things because this is what mature adults do. But we don't realize that there is still something there. And so unforgiveness, it hides behind the, the, the making up. It hides behind the, yeah, we talked it out, we're good now. This is why it, 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 it's often unnoticed because you convince yourself that just because you swept it under the rug, it's gone. It's not gone, it's just in the dark. It's just under something else, but it's still there. To truly forgive someone, you have to release the anger. You have to release the sadness. You have to release that bitterness. You have to release in order to forgive. There's not a lot of amens this morning. I, I'm praying that God is speaking to someone. I love, that. I, I love this, this question that Peter asked of Jesus. Peter's known for his questions, man. Peter, Peter asked Jesus all kinds of questions, right? And I like that about him because it meant that he desired to get to the truth. A lot of times we tell people not to ask questions. You don't ask that question. No, ask questions. <laughs> ask, the, ask the questions because questions will lead to answers. And so Peter asked Jesus this question. All right, Jesus. So how many times are we supposed to forgive a person? Seven Seven sound good? So Peter's suggestion of, of the number seven, it was, it was a pretty generous suggestion because in this culture, Jews would forgive you up to three times and that was it. Three, 
three strikes and you're out. That sounds, sounds reasonable. So, so Peter's like, you know what? I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to be a student right now in front of all the disciples. Jesus, seven, right? We should be doing like seven, right? And Jesus takes that number. He multiplies it by 10. And he multiplies that number by seven. And if you do the math, it's like 490 times. Now, Jesus, God does not expect you to be counting 490 times, and then on the 491st time, that's it. You're you're dead to me. No. (laughs) Jesus wasn't literally suggesting 490 times. He was saying that that there should not be a limit to forgiveness. Now, that's that's easy to say amen to, but it's a lot harder to, to live out. You have patience with some people. You have patience with your kids, like a little bit. Ellie, this morning, man, she was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We're trying to worship back and forth. And I'm like, Ellie, just grow up already. Right? You know? And I'm like, you're, you're doing something in my spirit. I'm, try, I'm about to preach. Can't be getting me all flustered, right? But we can, we can forgive our children as many times as we need to because, because they're kids. But what about, what about, what about our friends? What about, what about the strangers? What about our brothers and sisters in Christ? Jesus says, you need to forgive indefinitely. You just need to live in forgiveness. You just got to walk in forgiveness. It's got to be something that just comes natural to you. If God doesn't count, why should we? Man, if God was, if God was counting, man, I'm well over that number. I don't know about you guys. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably under still. Yeah, right. You're not. So Jesus begins to tell this parable. The parable, there's a servant. He owes his master 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents, that's that's an unrealistic debt to be paid back. The master knows that he is never going to pay this back. But the servant goes to him and he's begging and he's very apologetic and, and he's shameful and, and, and he begs the master for a chance to just pay him back. But instead of giving him the chance to pay him back, the king just cancels the debt. So you know what? Don't even worry about it. Forget about it. Your, your debt is forgiven. Now, God, uh, Jesus spoke a lot in parables that, that, that reflected the kingdom of God, right? He wasn't just telling stories to, for entertainment purposes. The debt represents the debt that we as sinners owed to God. And there was nothing, it was an enormous amount of debt and nothing that we could do, no amount of righteous acts, good things. It, it would never satisfy the debt that we owed for our offenses toward God. But instead of making us slaves, what did he do? He forgave us. He canceled our enormous amount of debt by sending his perfect son, Jesus, in our place. And now, now we have no debt. We've been forgiven. Man, I, I, man, I could preach a whole other message about the grace of God, man. It's so beautiful because I know who I used to be. I know the things that I've done. I know the debt that I drowned myself in, but God took me out of it in his grace and his mercy. Amen. 
So the forgiven servant is released. Just go out. Don't worry about it. He's given his freedom. He's forgiven. But this parable isn't just about the forgiveness of God. It's a, it's a message of, of our forgiveness. So this same forgiven servant, he goes out and he finds a fellow servant who owns him, owes him what, what is uh, about a day's wage. And when his fellow servant begs him and promises to pay him back, this time it's a, it's a realistic number to be paid back. The freed servant refused to do for his fellow servant what his master did for him. And so what Jesus is saying here is that if you can't forgive a fellow brother's small debt, don't expect God to forgive your giant debt. Maybe you've never thought about it like that. Maybe you've just been holding on to something and you've convinced yourself that it's okay. Because what they did was really bad. What they did was really hurtful. But the word of God doesn't lie. Verse 35 says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you. Unless you forgive your brother or sister. From the heart. From where? From the heart. Not from your mouth. Not, not from a text message that says we good. We good, fam. Don't worry about it. I'm over it. The heart. The heart tells the truth far better than our words do. So he says, forgive from the heart. Jesus also instructed his disciples in the Lord's prayer. He says, pray to the Father and forgive our debts as we also forgive our debtors. This is an expectation. It's a requirement that God has for us to forgive those who have offended us in order to receive his forgiveness. If you're getting baptized today, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you and you can start getting uh, ready for that. We're about to to end. I'm going to have Brother Angel, if I can can get the whole worship team up here. You know, I wasn't going to preach on, on, on this message today. I actually had something else in mind. But... Then I, then I just, I just started feeling in my spirit, forgiveness, forgiveness. And so I don't know if there's someone in the room today who needs to forgive, but I believe that there might be some phone calls that we, some of us might need to make after church. Some conversations that we might need to have with someone to let them know we forgive them. I forgive you. I, ha- I, ha- I have nothing against you. I, I don't hold you accountable anymore. Can I tell you one thing that, that I think that we, we as humans do backwards? A lot of times we want to forgive. Our intention is to forgive. Right? We, we want to squash. We want to squash the beef, as they say. So, so you might set up a, a time to, to meet with somebody. We're going we're gonna to talk about this as adults. We're going to talk over the issues that we have. Because we want to work things out. And that's not wrong. I'm not saying that that's wrong or, or the wrong way to do it. But too many times, too many times we wait for the conversation to happen. And from there we decide whether we're going to forgive or not. So, 
what am I, I'm saying too many times we, we let our forgiveness be dependent on someone else's apology. If you say you're sorry, then I'll forgive you. If I see some remorse, then I'll forgive you. But God would have you forgive from the heart even before the conversation happened. I'm going to release it now. And, and whether a person is, is asking for forgiveness or not, church, some of us may just need to forgive so that those negative emotions, those negative barriers that have been created in our life are, are no longer present. Because these walls don't only affect our relationship with other people, it affects our relationship with God. And so this morning, I believe that God is calling some of us to forgive, to let go of some anger, to let go of some pride, to let go of, of some hurt and some sadness and say, you know what, God, I don't, I don't want this to tie me down anymore. I'm done. I'm going to ask us to stand this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. I want to I want to do a I want to do a call this morning. I want to do a very specific call. If you have some anger to let go of this morning. If you have some hurt that has been affecting you and this morning you say God, I want I want it to be released from my spirit. I want it to be released from my mind. I want it to stop tormenting me. I want it I want it to 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 be removed, even though it may only be in the dark, my God, I don't even want it there. I want it canceled. If you need to do some forgiving this morning, and maybe you need to forgive yourself. Maybe it's not someone else. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. But there is forgiveness that needs to happen this morning. If that's you this morning, I want you to come forward. Don't be ashamed. If you need to release anger, if you need to release a burden, if you need to release sadness or bitterness that you've been harnessing, that you've convinced yourself is not there anymore, if that's you this morning, I, I just I need you to come forward. Don't let another day go by with this in your heart because I believe that God wants to do healing this morning. I believe that God wants to do healing this morning. Can I have my prayer team up here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the, the, the prayer, uh, the, the worship team uh, to minister to us. I'm going to have the prayer team pray over these people this morning. And, and, and before I do that, I want to just say a, a general prayer over, over everybody this morning. If you stepped forward this morning, if you step forward to say, I, I need to forgive, I need to release some things. I want, you to, I want you to begin asking God right now, Lord, remove what does not belong. Remove any, any hatred. Remove any bitterness that wants to grow, Father. 
remove any anger, my God. I want to I want to tear it down, my God. I want to lay it at the feet of Jesus, my God, because I I know that I need forgiveness, Father God. And this morning I am choosing to forgive. I am choosing to forgive. Hallelujah. for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.